Yeah. So... You have to do the intro since you were not on this show. I was just going to say that. This show is um, another it's actually, episode that it fe- featuring The Rocker. It's uh, entitled The Rocker Strikes Back. <laughs> is that what you guys said? That's the running title right now. So it's, I wasn't it's actually part one. So I wasn't feeling well, well yesterday, so I wasn't, wasn't feeling well. I wasn't feeling whales either. And I wasn't available, so I wasn't in this episode at all. So I'm supposed to be doing the introduction. But basically, this weekend, Sunday, is the Red Rocker Record Fair at Manaferkin, 12 to 6 p.m. We hope to see you all there. And in this episode, we talk to the rocker again. We also have our friend Chad O'Dell and Chris Fritz. Mm-hmm as guests and we will be doing this in a two part um two episodes i think because it's so long there'll be a show tonight which is friday right now so it's a night no today's thursday oh i don't know what day it is man all right so thursday (laughs) night there'll be a show up and then friday night there'll be second part two yeah this one will be to be continued at the end word so and yeah a solid hour each session it's so, good though fun stuff fun fun rocker stuff so listen up and we'll see you guys soon thanks now i gotta turn the phone off are we rolling where are all the hot broads <coughs> i don't see any i was told that uh don has a sinus infection but don't tell bruce because he won't show up <laughs> that's the first thing i texted those guys I wasn't going to show up anyway. <laughs> You're here. Are Teleported we, uh, here. We're are, on. We're rolling. We're rolling. I think we are. Oh. Oh, what do you got? Phone going on? I got paper. All right. So this Sunday is the first ever. Oh, I remember this taste. Sunday's yeah. Bruce Day. Well, you guys have headphones on anyway. If you hear it. All right. That came up really quick. What? Since we, the initial talk of this happening. Right. To it's already yeah. a few yeah. days away. Yeah, it's happening. It it's is happening. happening. It's here. Guess what? So what's Facebook saying? Like 200 people are coming? <laughs> I'm not... You're coming. I'm not tuned into that. What is going on? I think it's the, it's, uh, the, it's over it's over 200. I looked yesterday. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it, A lot of people have been sharing it this week, and uh, it seems like it's... Yeah, I, I got to say, like, from all corners of my life, people are like, oh, hey, the record fair, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, so in this week alone, I'll go to pick up pizza... At Fusaros, and uh, the owner's like, "Hey, Chris, do you have anything to do with that record fair next weekend?" I was like, "Yeah, a little bit." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I'm going. My, one of my good buddies collects vinyl and, and buys vinyl. He's like, we're, we're going to be there, so they're going to hook us up with some food. It's awesome of that. Great. And then don't lower your voice. You're on, uh, and then you're on the air. And then I'm at the police academy uh, the last couple of days, and uh, and OJ Simpson's coming. OJ, yeah. Yes, and. Yeah, a buddy of mine who's, who's an instructor up there is like, yeah, I'm, uh, did I miss the record fair? I'm like, no, it's a Sunday. He's like, oh, all right, cool. I'll, I'll see you there. Very good. So I'm really into collecting vinyl, so yeah, it's good. Bigger Hazleton's wife, Val. Yeah. That's the one thing she we should me. talk about with this guy. Why he's in the vinyl all of a sudden, like out of nowhere. Oh, well, here's how well, it happened. Wait, well, out of nowhere again after such a long gap. 
Okay, well. Well, did you ever have a vinyl player? When CDs no. came out, you were all CDs. I was, yeah, I was tapes. CD all. As a kid. Um, I had some vinyl when I was small. Yeah. So, like, when I was, like, you know, originally getting into music, yeah, some vinyl. But I didn't, like, yeah. I wasn't, like, a going out and buying music every week yet because I didn't have my own money. But, you know, like, when... Now you don't eat anymore. Probably up until, like, 84, <laughs> 80, 85. Around 85 is when I stopped. Um, I think the last record that came home was... I want to say, like, Theater of Pain, Fly on the Wall. Probably, yeah. I have vivid memories of listening to... Purple Rain on your record player while standing in your driveway outside of your bedroom window. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? Like an uh, 85 <laughs> movie with, no, you can, you can with, with Molly Ringwald? It was a strange soundtrack. It was Purple Rain, and I think it went right into Master of Puppets. Yeah, no, that wouldn't have happened just yet. He was making a mixtape. But here, here's how it happened. So I was, for decades, a crazy CD collector. And uh, then I got I got over it. I, I just made the jump like to Apple Music because I was spending so much money every month buying CDs, like boxes coming to the house from Amazon constantly. And uh, the Apple Music thing launched, and it was out for a little while. I looked, I'm like, wait a minute, fifteen bucks a month, and I can get as much music as I want. So I did yeah. that for a few years, but then I really started to <coughs> Jones, like having the physical product, right? You know. So you then need to tap yeah, right in. I need to tap. I need to, right. The veins weren't getting tapped anymore. Right. So, <clears throat> around 2014, the first record that I bought since I was probably eight was the new ACDC record. With full intentions of going out and doing what I just did this spring going out and buying the whole setup and yeah. trying the whole thing out. But I never did it. And then it was, you know, it was, it's, it's been on my mind, on my mind for years. And then it was literally like, you know, I think this weekend I'm going to go to. Best Buy and buy a record player and an amplifier and see how I like this. Gave them. But I'll tell you, the, there's like there's been a a casualty of this whole vinyl thing. Uh-oh. So like I said, I have thousands of CDs, right? <laughs> Some of them are worth a lot of money, like especially a lot yeah. of the Grateful Dead stuff that I've been collecting. Like that shit's only limited to like twelve thousand copies. Yeah. And I would order them from the Grateful Dead.net, and mm-hmm. they're worth decent cash. So now that I had a stereo system again. I went and I got a five CD Yamaha. Oh, they still sell those. They're hard to find. I could have. Uh, I could have saved you some money. I got a six disc. I could have gave you real cheap. I think well, I have one in my here, attic. Here's, here's my story. <laughs> I have cassettes so in my attic. I hooked the thing up and I put a CD in after I'm listening <clears> to the vinyl and I'm like, it, it literally hurts my ears. It sound it's Bluetooth. Tinny. Bluetooth streaming through the <laughs> sounds better than CDs. It's terrible. Yeah. So you, I disconnected, you ruined it for, you ruined disconnected it for the CD player today, and it's going back to Best Buy. And I'm bringing my CDs down into the basement. Anything that's salvageable, I'm going to sell. All right, so again, this Sunday, June 24th, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Mattaferkin. We will be having Mattah Hawkins' first ever record fair, the Red Rocker Record Fair. Yeah. Am I supposed to say something? No. <laughs> I'm looking at Bruce right now because I had some delusional concept in the beginning that I was going to keep this a secret from him. but no. Which was very, uh very good idea, but not very realistic. Yeah, it's impossible. I don't know why 
all you guys thought that I was some kind of like Elvis Costello detective person. Elvis Costello. <laughs> no, he wasn't a detective. He just watched the detectives. Oh, and then he was watching me one yeah. day, I guess. But I had only a couple of questions. He First he asked me, oh, how long ago? Six weeks ago, maybe? Seven mm-hmm. weeks ago? It's been... How long ago did you guys come up with this? Probably less than two months. Yeah, yeah it's been about that. And we're sitting at uh, the old causeway, which I still don't know why it's called the old causeway. The old causeway burnt down. This is the it's new a causeway. Very ironic name, yes. You know, it's the, so. Uh, I don't remember the old he, causeway. He asked me, "What are you doing on June 24th?" And I said, "What day is that?" You know, like June 24th. And he goes, it's a Sunday. And I said, well, I'm going to probably wake up, brush my teeth, and listen to music on the internet, <laughs> then go play golf. And he goes, no, no, you got something to do. I said, okay. I said, what? He said, I can't tell you. So right said, there, you kind of blew yeah. that. No, no, no. You know, because if, if somebody says something like that to me, I go, okay. And... There's a reason. You're, you're able to let it go and well, kind of... It's well, it's in my head, but I'm not going to go actively search other than the fact I, I did Google see, June 24th. See, see me, it would, it, would, <laughs> said, it would dig and dig and dig. And was, I'm trying to think because it's not my birthday. It's not an anniversary for me or anything like that or him, I don't think. Uh, and I'm trying to think, when did he get married? What date did he get married? I can't think. We picked that date because it's... Uh, it's, it's indicative of your favorite Chicago song. 25 or 624? That's right. That's my favorite Chicago <laughs> song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know... Wait, yeah. how about 624? Perfect. So, I make him my administrator of my Instagram page. And now he's just talking for me in life. Now he just took over everything. I, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I, I did once, and I was I was told not. All I do is post the pic. No, no. Look how sensitive he is. No. You reveal it. You're raising the curtain on the mystery. <laughs> so, so we see each other. It might have been the very next week when we were there together on a Monday night hanging out with the pickles, and <laughs> I had three questions and I said I don't want to know what it is you know I'm not trying to delve into it I said but here's here's the thing I said number one uh, is there any kind of a dress code you know and he goes no you can dress any way you want so I'm thinking like okay you know because I don't know what he has in mind it's not an anniversary you start eliminating yeah. possibilities so then I said uh, can I bring a guest? Because I'm sitting there saying to myself, what if it's something that only he and I, or maybe some other people, a couple other people, whatever, might be into? And if I bring a guest, they would feel left out. You know, they would say like, oh, you know, you just hung around with those guys, you didn't pay attention to us. And number three was, can I get stoned? And uh, when I got those answers, by the way, I can't get stoned. Not allowed. Not allowed. No. Say no. Fire marshal specifically said no open no. burn. Cars blow up when you start doing I know. Like that. Well, those vape pens blow up. You gotta be careful. I don't video. know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I've seen footage on YouTube. It's so then I drop it because I have the answers that I needed. 
And I said, okay, fine. You're satisfied. It's You're Fritz. Right. It's Fritz, you know. I'm, I know everything's going to be cool. Whatever he's got in mind is going to be cool. So I've been giving him the vinyl. So one night we're at the oh, mainland. Oh, the yeah. mainland. And it was pouring down rain. Yeah. And I gave him a seven-inch picture disc of Tom Petty. So he goes, oh, hey. so he says, I'm going to go home and play it right now, blah, blah, blah. And he goes home and he plays it, and he sends me a picture of it. So I access the picture, and it's on Instagram. So I go, oh, I'll make a comment. And it says, you have to be an Instagram member, you know? Yeah, and I'm sitting there going, oh, really? <clears throat> so I said, okay. So I joined Instagram. So now I'm looking at his page. Now we had this thing, because the paradigm, if you will, <laughs> does weird stuff. And it, things happen, connects cosmically, and there's no, <laughs> there's no answer for it. There's no reasoning for it. And now social media is really making that, yeah. that gap and easier to... Easier well, to what I'm talking about is him and me. The cosmos. Yes, because it's freaky stuff. So I'm looking at his page. Now, I had a bang box made by Joe, who makes the bang boxes. And it's all white. And I wanted, wanted him to put Red Rocker Records on it. So it was a record, it was a black record with a white label and this red, red print. And Joe shows him the picture of it. And he goes, when did you do that? I said, like, just the other day. He goes, he takes his phone, he goes like this. He shows me his phone. He's got the same freaking picture on it. I go like, get the hell out of I said, what is that? So now I'm on his Instagram page, and I see the picture. I go, oh, it's cool. He put the picture of the bang box on it or whatever he had. And I'm reading it. And you ever, you ever see that one thing that they, they would let you read? It would say, Paris in the, the spring. They say the twice it's written. But when somebody reads it, they just automatically say, Paris in the spring. And, they, and then somebody says, no, you're wrong. And they go, no, it's Paris in the spring. And then it says, duh, duh. So I'm looking at this picture, and it says Red Rocker Record Fair. And I'm not paying attention to it's it. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not paying attention to it, you know, because I'm just seeing Red Rocker Records. Yeah. And then, like, I look, and it says Red Rocker Record Fair. I said, what the hell is this? So I access the page. <laughs> Oh, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. And now I'm sitting there saying to myself, I'm killing him. I'm going to oh, kill him. He, he showed me the text. You, you seemed very uh, very serious. What did you do? What did you do? What yeah. did you do? And that was the nice version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's when I found out. So it had nothing to do with detective skills. It had something to do with you just... Up. Yeah, basically. Kind of, in a way. A little bit. In a way. A little bit. In a way. A little bit. But it's good. It's okay, though. It's okay. It's all good. Because now you're involved in the whole process leading up. Right. And it, well, it helps with the... I'm going to say this. If you didn't know, and you showed up at this thing, right? And then you're looking around, and you're like, what? If I did, People are selling records here, or next to the Red Rock, or old place. Yeah. Would you mind have been blown, or what? Like, uh, I would have been pissed. <laughs> really? I, I would have been, been probably pissed. Not pissed. Not pissed. That's the wrong word. I would have been flabbergasted. 
Obviously. That's, I, I think that's what he was going for. Yeah. And I then, still achieved that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yes, because the, the, the reaction, well, the reaction that I would have had had I not known mm-hmm. is the same reaction that I had when I found out. So yeah. now I'm sitting there and the, my first reaction was, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I'm going to kill me some Fritz. I said, I'm thinking now, with any luck, I have 11 years of life left maybe. <laughs> I figure if I could draw out this trial, I can only do five years in prison and die. You and OJ will be hanging out. Yeah, me and OJ, the juice, yeah. run through airports. <laughs> That's right. And so then after that, I'm sitting there and I start crying. I am bawling. Because now I'm thinking, like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? And I'm starting to tear up a little bit now. So it's good that I knew because I don't know, like, he's telling me I should have, I might have to say, I might have to talk there. Yeah. Well, there's, um, gonna, be, there's gonna be people there speaking to you, so you're gonna have to talk to them. Yes. That's the, as much oh, talking as you're gonna It's make. good that you're having this amount of time to process it leading up to. Right. Right, because uh-huh. if it would've just happened, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to talk, because I wasn't able to talk the night I found out. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't have, I, and I, I'm saying to myself, who, who am I gonna tell this to, you know? Because, first of all, I say it all the time. I really don't think I deserve it. I, no, no. I'm just a guy. Yeah. Just a guy. Everybody's just a guy. That's part right? of the greatness about it. You don't have a huge ego about it. You Not about it. Because it's what you wanted to do. Well, yeah. And you enjoyed doing it. Absolutely. Well, I, I love music. And well, that was the best part, was to be able to be around music. Yeah. And it was never, I never, Chris will tell you, I never bitched about the time I had to put into it because I loved it. And then you guys would come in and I'd see what you guys would buy. Now go ahead, Frank. It was a perfect time in your life for you to be a record store owner for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. You enjoyed it. Yeah. But it it was a good place for you to have to be. Well, that, yes. Yes, but originally though, I did it because working for the township at that time in the late 70s, we were making nothing. I mean, we were making nothing. And I sort of like a little bit of money, you know, that you could do something with as opposed to, you know, having to scrimp and save like I know a lot of the boys did that I worked with. Right. And then I, you know, I started out as the manager of the old Manahawkin Records and which is strange because do you know our Manahawkin Records? Did your well, dad know our Manahawkin Records? On he may have if I asked. I mean, I know where what, it was now, it was, but yes. I, I I don't have any memory of it. Yeah. Um, how personally, uh, forty-one. Oh, so I was yeah, I'm I was born in seventy-six. So oh, geez, seventy-six. I think I started seventy-eight. <clears throat> I started I started the business in seventy-eight. Red, Red Rock was seventy-eight. Yeah, seventy-eight. Okay. I was working I for great. at least a year prior to that, managing Manahawkin Records. Okay, in the so, in that first location where the yeah seat, where that across uh, from Reynolds and right that uh, and exit sixty three seafood places or yep. whatever it's called. So what you, I know this has probably been discussed before, but what year was it that it moved from that original location? Oh, that's a where, good question, bro. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, 
probably a minimum two years, maximum three, somewhere in that time frame. So late seventies, early eighties. I I would say that that we moved to uh, the four twelve East Bay Avenue site, probably eighty or eighty one. Okay, yeah. So there's absolutely no way I would have memory of that anyway. No. So yeah. that that was it. So I think the very first time I was probably inside that location. Probably wasn't until 85 or 86, maybe. I was in there the second I liked music, which is probably 80, oh, it's 82. I moved from Brooklyn in 80, so around 81 you opened, and the second I found where the record store was, I was there. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't into metal yet. There was no Metallica or none of that crazy, uh, any of that stuff. No crazy stuff. No crazy stuff. No Just the regular stuff. Zeppelin bootlegs I'm looking for. You know. <laughs> Yeah, my first the records were bought stuff. in the in the chain. I think maybe Caldor or something was yeah. the first yeah, first Caldor. records that I bought. And then I can't remember who exactly it was yeah. that let me know. Hey, there's a there's a little record store up on Bay Ave. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, you know, of course, ran my parents. Like, you got to bring me to the Red Rocker. I got to see what I got to see what this place is about. And it was it was all downhill from there. I was I had to stop in there once a week at least, you know, just to see. What's new? What's coming out? What's well, you were the sub pop uh, revelations oh, guy. Sub pop yeah. revelation. Yeah. Look out! Like, Look out! Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. because that's a, that always made me laugh. That's a not start. that. Not I liked a lot of that stuff too, because I listened to everything. Yeah. And I sort of liked it because it was different, you know. And that's what I grew up on was being different in every aspect of my life. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I remember well. <laughs> uh, always stocked the stuff that none of the stores had. Caldor didn't have this. What oh, the hell no, had? no. You had Black Flag right there on yeah. display. I'm like, wait, what is Black Flag? I didn't even know what yeah. Black Flag was. And at those times, you, you see and the artwork, and you're like, holy crap. Yeah. This is, the, like slip it, it pulls in. you so in. And you're like, what the f You're like, I, I need to know what this sounds like, because yeah. the artwork is so crazy. Like, yeah. the first time I saw that Samhain record, Initium, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the blood on their Sam. face and the demo locks. <laughs> oh my god. Sam I was like, I have no idea, but I need to know what this sounds like. And if it wasn't for you, there's I probably wouldn't have been able to get that record. And I got home and I was terrified by the sound of that. Well, you, you know, know that's but, true too, because when you were that age, unless you went years older. unless you went and I, I don't think that if you went to the mall with your parents or something and you went to the generic Sam Goodies. I don't think they carried that stuff. Why not? No uh, way. Blood on the face? No, yeah, no way. I, I don't those know they, no those way. type of records were banned. No, yeah. Uh, or covered with black plastic in the I, shelves. Yeah, I don't understand why they would ban stuff like that because it it's, you know, if, if it's out there on the shelf, that doesn't mean that you have to take it home and listen to it and be aggravated and say, oh my God, how could these guys be saying this or how could they play this loud and stuff. And the one thing that I really like, and I told these guys this before, all you guys would come in and maybe because you guys were young and I was older that you said, oh, like this guy is, is like bringing me up to his level on stuff, you know. And I keep telling you, no, I was coming down to your level because I never left your level, you know? Yeah. And that's it. And you yeah, guys. Yeah, we were young. Yeah. And you were the one that had what we wanted. If every, whatever the hell we needed in our lives at a 16-year-old life, 
who else is going to be the king besides the guy that sells us the records that we like? I guess. Be I, I guess. You know, or Seven Eleven that the guy sells us Slurpee. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? Like I, it was. You were a major part of it because it was a personal experience. You right. would interact with us. Yeah. Like I, throughout those years, I would go up to Vintage Vinyl sometimes. I had friends that lived up in that area. Yeah. And Vintage Vinyl had everything that I wanted there too, but it wasn't a personal experience. Yeah, exactly. You could browse and everything, but you weren't getting an interaction no. so much from the person at the well, counter. I was a lonely it, guy. It was just an exchange. It you was just a money exchange. You wouldn't get a cashier exactly helping you out to find stuff. No. Either. You'd be like, yeah, you want that? Okay, it's over there. So it was just, it was the whole experience. Yeah. What? The, you were see, very intimate. That store was what? very cool, intimate place. Well, the whole thing was this. I look at it this way, like you said. You could go someplace else. Now, it might not be local, but you could be somewhere and get what I had, you know, in the <laughs> store. So, part of it was that the ambiance was I was selling me. Hmm. But I wasn't being a phony about it. I was being real about it. And... Uh, when Fritz told me he kicked out a Bob Dylan fan, I said, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He kicked out a Bob Get well, out. Well, you get out. <laughs> you, got, you made fun of my mom at one point. Oh, of course. Which I thought was hilarious, even at 15 or whatever I was, because she walked in and asked you about Arthur Brown. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I think and, I and remember. You, and you said, she's like, yeah, but as I was browsing through whatever, like, she asked you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Arthur Brown, and you're like, how the fuck old are you, Lee? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that name in 20 years. You said or something. Yeah, uh, turned out she was the same age as you, but you, yeah, you were like, I thought I was, I was making fun of her because I, 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 I knew she was, had but, to be But my to age. this day, now that simple conversation turned me on to Arthur Brown because I'd never heard my mom mention it before. <laughs> so now to this, it, it, so it's open doors. Yeah, just yeah. every little interaction in there well the little bit of insight that I've gotten into just starting this record fair yeah and just talking to people is I'm kind of looking at this whole thing is there's a similarity to what we're talking about right now because there are a lot of young people look at your daughter there are yeah. a lot of young people that yeah. are really into music and they want their music on vinyl and where are they going to go for their music around here? I mean, sure, there's a few um, box stores around here, without mentioning names, that sell decent selection of vinyl. But, I mean, they have to go far to a place like the Rock Shop or right. Old completely, Fest. Or completely to have different experience, experience now. So They're already taking it a completely yeah. different way than we than we. Were. The and, and you know, they, they, well, I mean, like, Discogs is amazing. Amazon well, has everything. But to sit and just yes. and browse and hold it and look at it. Well, that was If one, we can bring that I back I do want to say one thing right now. If you go to Target, there's vinyl in there. Oh, there is now? My daughter got her Rumors record in... No, not there. Yeah, Damn Boy. Go Best Buy, because Best Buy has a pretty decent Target by us has vinyl. Not oh. a lot. Where do you no. live? Target, right by yeah, us. By us. We're, we're here. It's by everybody. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say. <laughs> he's talking about it's by us like no, he's living in Oshkosh, <laughs> Nebraska or something. I just flew in. You, you know? never know. People can be listening to this anywhere. Listen, I don't imagine Bruce walking through Target. 
It happens. Did you walk through Target? I have walked through Did Target. Did you ever say, hey, let me go check out the he can be mistaken as Target. Don't need to He can be mistaken out. as an employee. He's wearing a right. red tank top. But there was vinyl <laughs> yeah. there, and it's 20 bucks each one. Like, I'm like, all right, well, there, I guess there's a resurgence, and that's, I'm just saying, that's kind of like proof is in the pudding. Vinyl's coming back. Cool. It's in there. Speaking of which, just that. rewind that copy of that reissue of Rumors. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, I she loves it. it. She was so playing like it last a, night. That's the thing with the reissues, too. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Like, yeah. a lot of it is garbage. So really? Yeah, the mastering, yeah. It, well, the mastering on it. Well, some of it is passed yeah. off as, but that's yep. not really. Yeah. Yep. And some of my favorite bands are just, they're putting all their stuff out on vinyl and it's just shit. But Fleetwood Mac, I've been reading up that their stuff is really good. Obviously, yeah. you know, Rush is really good. Zeppelin are really good. Well, it's about... How about Arthur Brown? Once you own your own <laughs> stuff. I don't know if Arthur Brown's is going to be any good. Well, he, he doesn't have the ability to re-record stuff now. Is he dead? I believe so. Yeah, he's got to be now. Maybe uh, he might. Maybe he isn't. Maybe his hair caught on fire. Fire? They lowered him down yeah. on, a, on a crane or something. Would you see him live? Yes. That's what we got to hear about. It's I've the shows video. that you've seen. Oh, I, you ain't got time. <laughs> I, let, me put, let me put it to you this way. A few years back, I went to see Steely Dan at yeah, the uh, Art Center. Okay, PNC. Yeah. yeah. It was the only group on my to-do list that I never saw because they never toured. And when I saw that they made their comeback and they were touring, yeah. boom, we went right up there. I mean, it was like solid. But if you name a band from 65 to 80, I saw them. Hmm. So if you want to throw something at me, you know. Uh, Zappa. Go ahead. Oh, sure. Zappa. Sure Zappa. Oh, how, how many? Yeah, I, I, hear I, some Zappa I think, stories. I think, Were I, you a Zappa fan or not a Zappa fan? Huge. Yeah, yeah, all right. All right quick great. story, quick story. When I lived in Willingboro, uh, I was in high school, and every summer, my cousins from New York, they would individually come down for a week and spend a week. So I had a cousin, cousin Richie. Uh, he was probably 12, 13 at most. And we're up in my room, and I'm playing Freak Out and Absolutely Free, okay? Yeah. And he's like going, like, what is this? I said, it's, it's Frank Zappa and the Mother's of Invention. So he goes, and he's listening, Susie Cream Cheese, oh baby. You know, and, and like 12-year-old kid, he's going, Susie Cream Cheese. He goes home after the week is up. Yeah. And he asked my aunt and uncle to take him to the record store. He wants to buy two record albums. So he buys Freak Out and Absolutely Free. He takes them home and he's playing them. They hear the songs and they, they go ballistic. What the hell are you listening to, Richard? What are you doing? <laughs> and, oh, Cousin Brucie has these albums. Next thing. Phone rings. It's my aunt Claire, who's my mother's sister. Mary, what did your son do? Turns <laughs> little Richie on the Frank Zappa. Yeah. You gotta pass it along, Grace. You gotta pass it along. Yeah. What year was that? Oh, when did when did? Uh, so Freak Out came out '67. We're talking '66. Like. Right. Yeah. So, so that's what it was. It had to be Freak Out, and then I. But yeah, that was right around then. Wow. Yeah, I'm always a Hot Rats person. Like once Hot Rats, I, that was my first Zappa record. I heard that, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm a plus musicianship. 
you know. Well, I saw him. I was like, oh, this guy's an actually like a, a musician comedian. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a hell of a musician. Yeah. They had a tour. It was Frank Zappa and the Mothers and John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra. Yeah, those guys. And John McLaughlin was considered like this like amazing guitar player, and he was. Mm -hmm. And they had such egos, the two of them, that on the billing, nobody had the top. They, they made an X. And <laughs> diagonally was Frank Zappa and the Mothers, and the uh, other side, equal. John McLaughlin. Yeah, equal so there was billing. no... And depending they couldn't on, even be side by side. No, be, they didn't want yeah. it, for whatever reason. And I think it was John McLaughlin, and I think that pissed Zappa off. Yeah. Because when I saw him at the Spectrum, McLaughlin opened that night. I think what they did was they alternated who was going to open. So McLaughlin mm. came out and they did their thing, and they were like amazing. And then when it was time for Zappa to come out, just Zappa came out, and just his guitar. And no, nobody else. Huh. And he did seven to ten minutes of like ripping that guitar to shreds, and hmm. people were just like, it, it, people were like freaking out. No pun intended. Yeah. And then he gets done. He says, "Okay, that's enough of this shit." And he brings some bowlers out. He just did it to show that he could do. Yeah, I can, I can what play you too. Just, yeah, yeah. What, He's yeah. A very yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I could do what you just saw, but I choose not to. Right. But yeah, I saw I saw just about everybody. I never saw the Beatles as the Beatles. Huh. Solo. Well, I saw all four individually. And who needs a beer? You? I'm good. I'll do one more. Please. One more of these with some lime. One bourbon. Tell us. you got to tell us the... The story of, uh, yeah, well, Chad doesn't know that story. Thorogood story? The Thorogood story. We told that story last time. <laughs> Did you say it on the show? I don't know. said remember. it on the show. I don't remember a Thorogood story. That was no. not on the show. No. It's a is, it, is it is it uh, appropriate for the show? Or? Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, there's, it's, no it's great, there, there's no cursing involved. It was just. It's a great, great story. It was just something silly that uh, Mr. Thorogood and I had a misunderstanding. Oh, well, I must hear about it. Well, so. It was a, I, I had to be a Saturday night because I was I was pitching for I can't remember what police team it was in softball at the time and they were Joe Thorogood was at Joe Pops so I go out there Joe Pops used to do a lot of yes Joe Pops had some I I sidetrack apparently my first live show was at Joe Pops and it was Leon Russell. Oh, my parents Leon snuck me Russell. in. I was only about six years old. They snuck me in and brought me right up to the front of the stage. I love Leon Russell. Me too. But oh well, my God! Leon I mean, Russell. that was the start of it. But uh, apparently, yeah, I I don't have any memory of it. But uh, apparently, I saw him hey, at don't, Joe Don't Pops. feel bad. I was at many concerts that then I don't, don't have, have memories of. <laughs> so is this you're doing with the the lime? So yeah. George Thorogood at Joe lime. Pops. Well, the lime goes in it anyway. Yeah. Joe Pops, Ship Bottom, New Jersey. Do we have to say at Joe Pops? <laughs> Joe Pops Shore Bar. They're not paying any uh, advertising fees for this. Well, then screw you, Joe Pops. I'll stop saying their name. Joe Pops, Joe Pops, Joe Pops. Yeah, and they charge me $20 to go see the nerds. Don't oh, you screw you, Joe. Don't you know who I am? Uh, $20 to see the hot snakes. Do you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? 
Yeah, you're the guy who's paying us twenty dollars to see the nerds. I didn't go over to see Thoroughgood, you know, for no, you know, for no specific reason. I just went over there because there was a couple of guys that, you know, I was supposed to see and would want BS and stuff and hang out. So I'm standing at the bar with my back to the stage, and Thoroughgood's up on stage with his band, and they're playing. You know, so I'm sitting there going, okay. So I'm just sitting there, I'm talking, and all of a sudden. I'm not listening, you know, I, I hear it, but I'm not, you know, you know how it is, you're someplace and you hear something, but you're not listening to it? Yeah. And one of the guys I was with said, hey, Rock. Everybody's falling on the table. <laughs> I think, I think he's talking to you. I said, who's talking to me? He goes, I think Thoroughgood's talking to you. And I go, I don't know, why is he talking to me? So I turn around. And he looks at me, and he says, what's the matter? Because you don't like good music? I guess because I wasn't like bopping up and down like everybody else. And unfortunately- You weren't paying attention to him. And unfortunately, I'm standing out more than everybody else there. So I turned around. When I turned around, he said that to me. I said, well, oh, I'm sorry. When, you can pull two old bottles. Yeah, I throw the headphones on. Now I can hear a fucking chair creaking and all. Yeah. When, I said to him, Working what, it out. When I hear somebody play more than three chords, maybe I'll bop around. <laughs> he got very upset about that. And I turned around. I figured that was it. You know, he had his piece, I had my piece. And, you know, and I knew who he was because I had the store. Yeah. You know, so it's not like I wasn't selling his merchandise. Right. So I'm talking to somebody and I have my back and I feel somebody on my left shoulder and he said something I can't remember what he said but it was it was unpleasant you know because I heard that yeah and he spins me around so I'm thinking well I better do something because I don't know what he's doing and it's not somebody I know because the way he's talking to me. So I turned around and as, I spun, as he spun me around, I came over with an overhand right and I hit him on the left side of his head on his face and the guy just folded like an accordion. He just went, wow, wow. <laughs> then, like all hell breaks loose. What did you do, Rocker? You killed him, <laughs> you killed him. And I, I said, I don't think he's dead. And I, I think I even gave him a little kick in the ribs to see if he was okay or something. Oh, man. And then they, they got the bouncers and they called the cops and, they, and the cops came and they escorted me out. The cops that came, when they saw that they were taking me away, yeah. not to arrest me, but just, just escort me out, they were the guys I played softball with the next day. <laughs> And they asked him, what's going on? So they're going like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> but I didn't want to do it. I didn't know what this guy was going to do. Wow. Wow. Well, that's he, al he that's almost, see. that's better than the Danza getting punched in the face story. There's a Danza getting punched. There's a Danza getting punched. You just punched. Looked, like, looked at me like you've never, you don't know anything about that? I don't that? know that story. I heard that story. Oh, man. It was the singer from Five Finger Death Punch or something? I don't know. I don't know too much detail. I've seen he the got, video. He got punched times. by Glenn Danzig? This was... This was a long, this is at least 10, 15 years ago. Some, something backstage, there's a video of it. 
Really? Yeah. He oh, he gets knocked out good. I don't know. I don't know what Danzig the. gets knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. He gets taken down, and it, but he, he he gets hit and he gets folded and he goes down like you described. You hitting Thorogood? No, I didn't hit Thorogood. I hit his boy. Oh, his boy. Okay. Uh, if, All right. If I would have thrown that punch at Thorogood, I would have missed him by five feet he's over a, he's, his head. He's a little, <laughs> he's a little guy, huh? Also, is Danzig. Right. You would assume you would well, have the record. That wasn't too. anything like our experience seeing a local, not a local, seeing at a local place of rock and roll legend, was it? Right there. Right oh, there. D. D. Yeah. Snyder. Yeah. What did yeah. you say? What are you talking about? Quarterback. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That I was. I don't know this story. Still one of my most memorable shows. He was awesome. He brought it like probably, he was playing freaking probably Madison less than, Square Garden. Probably less than 50 people. And that's what I remember yeah. is him playing like it was a sold out arena. Mm-hmm. Lights, energy. Yep. Was it that, by himself? No, it, it, it was D. Snyder and the SMFs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but he huh. did all Twisted Sister all stuff. stuff. It was incredible. And it was so good. Um, Great I, band. I was very like that. What year is this? This was 96, 90, 97? No, 98 or 99. Huh. I don't think I was 21 yet. Herman was there. And, Her- so, and Herman came out, came on Stafford in, in 98. So that's why I had to be no later than 98. I just remember coming out of there with so much. I mean, I was already obviously a big fan, but leaving there, because afterwards he stayed, he signed autographs on everything. Yeah. I got that double live CD that night, and he that. signed the copy of it. Huh. He was super cool. Like I said, he played with amazing energy and was just super down to earth and cool. and Self-deprecating humor the whole time, like joking about the fact that he's playing there and making fun of the stage and yeah, making yeah. fun of the room. And, but it, he was, it was I like the, uh, the Netflix awesome. documentary on those guys. I recently just... It's good. really good. I recently just listened to an interview with JJ. On Mitch uh, Latham? No, Dave, uh, Dean Del Rey's podcast. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, he talks about... Great. The, I was telling Bruce about it because yeah. he's only a few years yeah. younger than you. And you know, he went to all the same shows that you were going to. But like, his story is just so cool. I never, yeah. I never knew any of that stuff about him. It's really interesting. Really yeah. interesting. That story, His story about the Grateful Dead was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, he, he talks about it in that documentary. Yeah, about how I saw them twenty six times, twenty five times. I was high or drunk, and then the twenty sixth time I saw him, I was like, "This band is terrible." I never saw him again after that. This band is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> now, I I think what it was was by the time he saw them the last time, it was no longer the Pigpen show because Pigpen was sick. It was the Keith and Donnie. Well, he says now that he's actually become friends with uh, the original drummer's son. Yeah. Justin Quartzman, who's like one of their managers. He reached out to him and said, hey, I heard that story you told about my dad. I think it's hilarious, and now they're close friends. I know way too much about you. Yes, you do. What's next, Dylan? I was leaving the door open, my daughter's coming, because she's walking from work. From the side of the tent. How many blocks is that? That's enough for a 16-year-old to walk. It's inhumane. I used to ride my bike to the rocker from Settler's Lemming, so I feel like... It's okay. I think she'll survive. She did her six hours already driving, too, this week. Hey, maybe she can... uh, So she'll be driving. Maybe she can do a little bit of the podcast and she can play some of the Rubber Soul. Yeah, I hear hear you guys might play a song. Is that going to happen? You guys can do it. I'll see what she's up to. She might be uh, really exhausted. She worked since 8.30 this morning. Working family. Working for a living. Yeah. Uh, not me. That's good. I'm I'd be working done. Sunday, though. You'd be saying hi to people, shaking hands, telling your stories. 
Shaking babies, kissing hands. Yeah. You'd be like a politician on campaign. Holding babies, kissing them in front of the camera. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. There's seemingly to be a, a building hype towards it. Well, we didn't talk about check-in and all this other stuff just in case there's somebody Check relying in. on this podcast for the information on what to do when they okay, come, so to for, the sh- um, come that day. For our vendor, hopefully you guys weren't. For our vendors. <laughs> so, Pete, I should tell you, because since we met at Mana Firkin that night mm-hmm. and eyed up how we're going to set everything up, I've changed it, as you may have seen in the text. Okay. No, I saw the text. It's it. So we originally discussed in the, the old and new shop parking lot. Yeah. Okay. But Todd and I looked at it again and realized that's a, that's not the most economical way of using the area because now people have to walk back and forth across that road. It's taking up all that parking. So okay. the stone area along the Mount of Firkin building and then along the wood line that L's around, uh-huh. that's where the vendor's tents and they're going to set up right there. So right up so against the building. Still leaves that parking lot open. Yep, so parking. it still leaves the So people don't drive and in and park. Yep, and they're closer to power. We don't need to rely yeah. on so many generators if they even need power. And the whole opens up the whole parking area to them. Right. No. Do you, are you all right with this? Does that ruin yeah. your VIP your VIP parking? <laughs> that, was, that was my one demand. You're still... <laughs> Bruce is being flown in. On a helicopter. Without an aerial thing. I'm just flying in. Yeah. I'm going to wear my Superman shirt. Coming on those uh, things that Fartman came in on Howard Stern. So let's talk about that. So you asked uh, Pete to make you the rocker thing with the Superman. Yeah. And then this picture surfaces recently on social media of you in 1967 I don't think and lo and me. behold you're wearing a Superman shirt ah. so is, a, is there like is a little this? thing from your childhood like I am with Star Wars like was Superman your thing as a kid or it wasn't that it was just that I was super you were super yeah and okay. uh, I was the rocker no I I saw the shirt one time and I said you were oh, the rocker before the red rocker Oh, yes. I was the Red Rocker in 1967. How'd that happen? Uh, that's a good story. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> that's what I we're here for, isn't it? You may have told why we're here talking, but you know what? We're not talking to the four of us. Oh, we're no, talking no. to all the many... Okay. The audience. Okay. Many people out there in podcast right. world. Uh, and by the way, this show is sponsored by Landshark. Help, help, Shark. Uh, Island-style lager. And, do, and, uh, and Pacifico Clara, and dog, dog <laughs> the drink of the, the rocker. So you if you guys want to send us free beer, that's great. That's fine. We take oh. that. You wanted the rocker? You get the real rocker. This is the real rocker beer to Pacifico. Pacifico Clara. If you like Pacifico. Mexican beer, you have to try Pacifico Clara. With wine. If you With like Pacifico Clara. Yes. Anyway. I had the Jimmy Buffett beer. So, I, <laughs> I think it's a Jimmy Buffett. When, when I got my first real car, legitimately. Which was? Chad knows cars. A 59 Chevy right. with the big fins. The they, they kind of went out. out yeah. yeah. With the cat. The cat. Yeah. The 57 the, had the, cat the fins. Eyes, the cat eyes. Cat eye yeah, yeah. The 57 had the diagonal fins. Yep. So, uh, a good friend of mine, Steve. Two door, four door. Two door. All right. Uh, convertible. Nice. Well, it's getting better. Yeah, it gets better. So, uh, 
one of my close friends, Steve, nicknamed it La Bamba. And I used to go out with a girl named Sandy. And on Saturday nights, we would be making out in her parents' den. And it would be a little late, you know. I was there a little bit later than I should have been. And they had already gone to bed and were making out. And then it's like close to midnight. So that car would start first time every time except Saturday night between 11.30 and midnight. It was like the car was jealous or something. I don't know. So, so it should have been named Christine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm turning the ignition. It's going to... So I said, okay, and a little bit more, a little bit more. And now I'm getting annoyed and I'm banging on the dashboard. I said, come on, you son of a gun, let's go. We gotta get out of here. We're right underneath her parents' bedroom window. They're gonna hear you leaving. This particular night, there was like a gigundo full moon. I was supposed to, I was gonna go meet my friends at this Golden Dawn Diner on Route 130. And I didn't know it at the time, but they were parked about seven or eight, nine houses up the street, and they're watching me. You'd think they would come help me, but they didn't. And they're watching <laughs> me, and they see it. So they see this big 59 Chevy rocking back and forth, and then they leave. This is what they told me afterwards. They left. And then finally it started up, and I go to the Golden Dawn Diner, and they're sitting in this corner booth, and my boy Lutz stands up, and he goes, there he is. The rocker, the big red rocker. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And so I became the rocker. And when I opened up the record store, I said, I don't want to be calling this place like Manahawken Records or some crazy silly name. But by that point, were you like actually introducing yourself to people? Let's just call me rocker. Like were the guys at work calling you rocker? Uh, they called me rocker, yeah. Okay. Um, the guys who knew me well, yeah. they would call me Rocker. Yeah, you never told me as a client or, I mean, a customer to call you Rocker. No, I, I <laughs> my mother called me Rocker. Wow. I mean, later on in her life, she was calling me Rocker. I just, one day I come home, it was like, it was a Sunday, it could have been Easter Sunday, it could have been Christmas, whatever day that the store was closed. And I would always go home to see her. So this one time I came home, and she's annoyed. And I go, what's the matter, Ma? And she goes, do you know some person named Sammy Hagar? <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Hagar? And I'm going like, what are you talking about? And she has an article in a magazine. And she shows, oh, Sammy Hagar. She goes, he says he's the Red Rocker. I said, well, that's, that's what they call him, uh, you know, is the Red Rocker. He's not the Red Rocker. You're the Red Rocker. And I said, Ma. He might be older than you. No, so I he, don't think so. I think he is. Well, I don't care. Well, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> if he can show me proof that prior to, say, uh, May of 1967 that he was the Red Rocker. Yeah, I doubt that. I, I would acquiesce to him. Do you think Ronnie yeah. Montrose might have given him that nickname? Maybe. Know. Look at you, Ronnie Montrose. Oh, shit. 
That's a great album. They're, they're for those first two albums with Sammy Hagar Whoa. singing them. I, I don't think I've ever heard those. Holy shit, are you kidding me? Oh, bro. I don't, I don't kid. No. You're missing out. Montrose. Oh, I'm open to it. Boy, I, yeah, haven't, heard I, music. I haven't heard Spotify. that name in oh, no, five, six minutes. I'm sure it's, it's got to be on Spotify. Montrose. Yeah. Why do you have Spotify if you have an Apple phone? It's just uh, you, How much do you pay for Spotify? Ten bucks a month. Same as same oh. as. Yeah, but dude, Apple. the interface with Apple Music is confusing to me. Wow. Uh, yeah. I I actually had both for a while, and uh, <laughs> Spotify seems I don't know shit. Seems yeah. simpler to me. Here, these two albums. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. Show you. All right, I'm going. This one, Montrose. <laughs> fucking awesome. Montrose. And Paper Money <laughs> is not. Wait, that so Pete? Either. So Pete, have you heard I'm this not. Montrose? Yes, I know. I know of Montrose. Do I am I familiar with their material? No, probably. Um, Let me. Th there's a song on here. It was where it was Hagar's band before Van Halen, right? Way before, yes. like 1970. Like before his solo career. Yeah, that album There's a song on here, and you'll hear. Uh, t tell me what this sounds like to you. I can play music on here, right? Real loud. Yeah, do it right in the mic. Sounds like Molly Crew. It certainly oh, it does, does, doesn't it? A little bit. Oh. Wow, that's weird. It's not weird. It's because Mick Mars is rocker's age, and this was like his shit, man. He loves uh, Ronnie Montrose and Alvin Lee. He pretty so, much stole the intro from uh, that song. Yeah, a lot of people my age, huh? They steal shit. Where are we coming from? That's what rock and roll does. So Richards and Clapton were stealing from the blues guys, and then everybody else says just. Well, that's a straight up. What do they say? Nothing new under the sun. That's right. Yeah. The notes are just floating around. Keith Richards says you just kind of take them. They're out there. I don't think the good stuff. That's a great album. I'm not going to say that you can't write or create anything artistically that's new, but it's got to be hard. Oh it's God! At this point, yeah. Well, that's why when bands come along, that you're like, "What is that?" I mean, Rush. Yeah. Yes. I mean, no offense to the original drummer, but like once Neil Peart was in the band, yeah. or Rage Against the Machine, like bands, they don't sound yeah. like anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's becoming further and further apart that there's something that <laughs> comes together and it's like, "Holy shit! This is this is something I haven't in a combination that I haven't heard before." Right. It's you know becoming, something. That you guys just mentioning that, it, it, it just gave me a sort of a revelation hmm. that because I'm like so much older than you guys, <laughs> when when I was really getting, when music was really starting to explode, right? you know, with the Beatles and everything, but I'm talking 60s. about like the, the late 60s, from like 66 to like 75-ish. So many different acts came out, and you and there were a lot, and you said, "Whoa, I never heard like that before." Or it, like, "Whoa, it was happening a lot." You were yes, just like, oh it happened gosh, oh gosh, oh over and over and over, and because of that, you can't rep you replicate it a little bit. Well, at you, that time, everything was... It's never new again. It's hard yeah. to be new. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to be... But at, at the same time... It was in everybody's... You, you can't, like... It's it's e it's so easy and lazy to say, oh, there's nothing exciting going on now. Oh, but the, no, the fact not, is... Oh, yes, there, there is. There is so many... That's not true. There's so much great stuff happening still on music. You just have to keep your eyes open to it. And it's so you easy to... to. It's, 
it's yes. it's it, it's available now, and there's so much good music happening still. I don't know how you guys feel, but when when people tell me that there's nothing good out now, laziness. I, I don't believe. <laughs> no, no, I it could be laziness. You're right, Chris. But you know what else I think? I think it's just that they don't understand it. They're not. They're not into music. Yeah. They listen to music. Maybe they're content. They hear the music. And they're they're, they're yeah. content with what they know. And it's tattoo has sent me. Like I'm going to say, tattoo has sent me four or five songs over the course of maybe six weeks or so that blew my head off. You know, and I'm sitting there going, like, I never heard of these people. You know, you have any yeah. examples of some of these bits? <sighs> well, I will say one, but I've heard of them, of course. Was the song with Maroon Five with Cardi B? I can't think of the name of it, but it's like a really, really good song. And and I don't like when somebody says, "Oh, uh, Maroon Five sucks," or. Uh, what's the one group that's out that that, that always gets uh, uh, that's been around for for a little while now? But they always get like when you say their name, they go like, "Oh, they suck." Nickelback, huh? Nickelback. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't tell me that I've listened to a they few. They don't Nickel. suck. It's just that they, they represent like what a lot of people hated what rock music was becoming, and it was just okay. I gotta tell you, as yeah. I get older, I get a lot less jaded about. Yes. Or I don't. I used to hold a lot of stigma against stuff, but I've become like if it's good and it's good, if I like it's it. Good, it's oh, good. I I've yeah. always been like that. You yeah. know, I I admittedly went went through a phase where I was like ah because of that or this or that Never. like, but now I'm if I like it, I like it. You know, and right, it it, it opens up a whole another world, pretty much. I can remember going to, uh, you ever heard the band uh, Municipal Waste? They're like, yeah, absolutely. Band. Well, Doug from my band, him and the drummer were best friends growing up. And uh, back in like 89 or 90, he was playing in some thrash band. There was a bunch of those bands playing. And uh, I went to the show wearing a Warrant t-shirt. Fuck you. I like Warrant and I like Whiplash. <laughs> Suck it. I'm not going to make any excuses about I it. I like it all. Yeah. All right, something new here. Exactly. Good stuff. Who's that? The record company. Oh, oh yeah. The record company is really good. Uh, Pete Nashley, thank you. Yeah, Pete Nashley know all about that band. I haven't, I haven't dipped in. Oh, I haven't dipped my toe in yet. They're good. They're good more like a, kind the, of a garage of the White Stripes-ish kind of a deal. No. Reverbish? Yeah, maybe. But they're they're more like Rock a, a straight-up three-piece rock old school sounding band. I have to give it a... Like, this doesn't sound like the White Stripes right here. No, but uh, there's a there's a certain retro, use retro equipment scene. Yes, big time. Not yeah. that you get to sound like Jack White, but at the same time, like everything is your vintage... Like, you know, That's another thing that gets... I've kind of tried it's to... It's oversaturated. I've, well, I've tried to avoid the whole like putting up walls when I'm trying to describe music to people. Yeah. Once you put up walls, like it sounds like this or sounds like that, people get this like, all right, like tunnel vision about it. I like to say like, hey, check this out. You might like it, you might not. Right. It's all rock and roll kind of like, 
a generic thing, you know. But listen, I know. once you say it sounds like this or it sounds like yeah, that, yeah, people yeah. get like stigmas in their head. Yeah. I know it's only rock and roll, <laughs> I, but I fucking like it. I know, and I'm sorry. Did I you just have to make pop- that up on the spur? That's of a moment. great lyric, Chris. Whoa! I have to. Somebody write that down. Somebody write that. Down.